Hear the scripture reading from the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or you may know it as the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Some of you will know what I'm, what I'm queuing for. And all God's people said, Amen. You might have noticed that we kind of monkeyed with the order of service a little bit this morning. I know far be it from me to monkey with the order of service. I never do that. But after hearing the choir practicing this anthem, I don't know how, how many weeks ago at this point in time, I was like, there's a sermon completely in that. And I'm going to change my plan for the Sunday. And we're going to look at Psalm 23. And we're going to invite the choir who leads us every week and who preaches to us every week. But invite them to actually take the bulk of the message. Because the 23rd Psalm is one of the most prolific Psalms. It's one of the most popular Psalms. It's one of the most well-known Psalms. I guarantee you, you have been to at least one celebration of life or one funeral where you have heard the 23rd Psalm read. And there has been more devotionals written on Psalm 23 than I think on any other Psalm. Uh, one of my favorite is a shepherd's look at Psalm 23. Because there is symbolism all the way through it when you're talking about the anointing of the oil on the head and the table in the presence of our enemies. There is symbolism to the rod and the staff that comforts us. There is symbolism to though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. But there's something more to this that I think gets overlooked. And I think this choral anthem captures it absolutely beautifully. When I was 18 years old, on May the 24th, 2000, and not 2000, excuse me, I'm really making myself younger than what I am. <laughs> I know, right? No. On May the 24th, 1997, I graduated from high school. I remember that day. I remember that date, and I can tell you that the graduation ceremony occurred in the high school gym of Cleburne County High School in Heflin, Alabama at 7.30. At, at 8.15, I was walking out the back door of the gym, taking my gown off, even though I told our coordinator that I did not need to do that, but she informed me that the gowns were rented and I had to turn it in right then. What she did not know and what she did not give me time to explain to her was, did I tell you that I graduated in a high school gym in Alabama in May? <laughs> the guys had to wear a white shirt with a black tie with black pants and black shoes. She didn't say that it had to be the full thing. So what I had done was cut my white shirt right here so that only the collar and the nub of the tie stuck out. And then I had taken my pants and I had left the waistband, but I had cut sections out of the front and the back and just left strips on each side to hold cuffs at the bottom to where with the gown on, it looked like I was wearing a white shirt and a black tie and black pants, but underneath it, I was wearing a little less than that. <laughs> but I had just graduated and she wanted that gown right then. So by golly, I gave it to her. And I wasn't worried about it because at 18 years old, I knew that I understood the world completely. 
and that I was ready to leave that small town and I was ready to leave what my family had taught me and I was ready to experience the world because I knew something. And I did. On May the 27th, 1997, I moved out of my parents' house and I hadn't ever moved back in. But there was two things that happened on the day that I packed up. The first one of them was my mother looked at me and said, you will always have a home here. And my granny gave me a little compass and a little wooden box. And that compass still sits on my office desk. Because she told me, no matter where I went in the world, she wanted me to always be able to find my way home. And life was good, and I knew the song was coming. But what the choir preached to us that, that just completely encapsulates Psalm 23 is towards the end of the anthem. No more a stranger or a guest, but like a child at home. I'm 44 years old, and I moved out of my mama's house on May the 27th, 1997. You know when I go home and visit, I still don't knock on the door. I just walk in. There's always something cooked and I don't ask if it's okay for me to eat because I know where the plates are. I'll go and rummage her through her refrigerator. Do you know she still puts Coke Zeros in the refrigerator for me? Because she knows I'm addicted to them. And I guess in her mind, if I'm addicted to that, that's a whole lot better than what I could be addicted to. So she supplies my caffeine fix when I'm there. I don't ask if it's okay for me to come over. I just go. And it's expected a few times a year, right? That's just the way it is because it's home. When King David writes Psalm 23, and I do believe it is King David that writes Psalm 23, I don't believe he is king yet. I believe he writes this psalm right in, the middle, right in the middle of the Israelite civil war when he and Saul are battling with each other and he's not sure what's going on. So there's some very literal fears and some very literal things that he puts into this, but he still claims that God is right there. But the thing about it is, is that this entire psalm encompasses every single point of our lives. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, because every provision that we have is a gift of grace from God. You may have had a really awful, no good, very bad day one day, but you know what? It hasn't taken you because you're still here. So everything, God is still holding us. There are times when we need rest. There are times when we are overcome and God invites us into his Sabbath rest. Makes us lie down in pastures green besides still waters. You know, there are times where it feels like our entire lives are falling apart and the world's coming apart at the seams, where it seems like there are enemies around us on every side. You've had a day like that. Some of you are going through that right now, where it seems like the world is changing and life is changing and nothing makes any sense and nothing is right. Well, guess what? Even in those moments, God is still going to prepare a table for you right in front of you with all the blessings of grace that you need. And even as we approach the end of days, on this side of heaven, 
There is absolutely nothing that we fear for ourselves or for our loved ones because God has still got us. And God does all of this, not because God has to, not because we've entered into some contract with God and he's upholding his end of the bargain, because if that was the case, then this would have stopped a long time ago because none of us have ever been able to uphold our end of the bargain. There's a whole reason why there's an Old Testament and then a New Testament. We couldn't quite do that. He does it for his own namesake. Or another way of saying that, that the choir is so beautifully presented. For mercy's sake. Because of who God is. There are preachers standing up in pulpits all across the country and world this morning that's telling folks what they need to do to get right with God, and there is. That's, there's truth to that. But this morning, what I want to tell you, some of us are carrying burdens that are not ours to carry. We're dealing with hurts that are not in our power to rectify. We're dealing with fears that have no answer on this side of heaven. We're dealing with situations where we know we have no power to stand against. But guys, you walk through the doors of this church this morning. Not just a church, not just a building, not just a location but a physical representation of the house of God. And you as a child of God, we're not welcomed in as a stranger or a guest. You're welcomed in as a child. You're welcome home. And you don't have to ask before you open the refrigerator and you don't have to wonder if it's okay for you to come to the table and get something to eat because you're home. And no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what that it is, because most of us have something, it's okay to give it over to God today because we have a good shepherd, a heavenly father, one who is over all things and one who invites us to stop what we're doing and come and sit for a moment in pastures green and rest. To never mind all the noise around us, but to come to the table that he's prepared and to have no fear for anything in this life or the life to come because he's got it. Because you are no more, no longer a stranger or a guest. But through Jesus Christ, you are a child at home. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.